This is Ham College, episode 20 for August 31st, 2016. Ham College is brought to you by ICOM. Air, land, or sea, take action and prepare now with ICOM. And by hamstudy.org, a great place to study for your amateur license exam. Good evening, welcome to another episode of Ham College. I'm your most excellent host, George. I'm Tommy. And we've got uh, an exciting show lined up tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about, this is more than swag here, isn't it? This is way more than swag. The swag's good, but But, pretty pale compared to that. Yeah, Amateur Logic is coming up on the 11th anniversary in October, and we're going to be giving away some new gear there. It's hard to believe it's already 11. seems like it was only a year ago it was 10. I think you're you on know something. Yeah, yeah could be. pretty strange. Well, uh, we're going to talk about that a little later in the show. We've got the complete HF set up there featuring the IC7300 and some nice accessories there from MFJ and even a little bit of stuff out of our private stock. Hey, well, it's for a good cause. Yeah, I don't know that we've ever given away this before. These particular items here. Uh, I don't think so. No, not in that flavor. No. Yeah. So you're in first. It's going to be a special. It is going to be special, mighty special. Well, you know, whenever we're doing a show and we're streaming live, we've got a chat room going on. AmateurLogic.tv/chat. There's a big crowd of folks over in there right now. Um, oh boy, yeah, James just said. Uh, spoiler: Next year will be 12. No way. Yeah, could be. You know, some of the folks in there can add. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's it's college. They're college well, level. It is. It's college level. They should know the Gazentas and the Gazatas as yeah. well. And, yeah. You know, the whole nine yards. But join us in the all, chat. All that ciphering. All, a lot of ciphering goes on in college these yeah. days, I hear. So join us in the chat room over there. They're having a, a big time there. And they're kind of playing along at home with us. Last month, what did we talk about, Tommy? Do you even remember? We talked about uh, transceivers, to the best of my recollection. I I think you're recalling correct. And there's one right there. That is. This month, what's the subject going to be on Ham College? Interference. We are talking about interference and noise. Yeah, noise and interference. So that's that's a popular topic, and it's definitely one you need to know something about in case you have it. Every ham at some point in their life is going to end up having an interference problem yep. of some sort. Let's listen to a few of those now, Tommy. Okay. What if, um, well, we're not going to listen to all of these. We've got a few here that are noises you're likely to run into. Some of these we have a solution for. Some of these we don't. First one here uh, is light dimmers. You know those incandescent light dimmers and and probably other types as well you might have they make a lot of racket oh yeah that's a it's a common source 
of and you know most houses. You ready? Yeah, let's listen to the first one there. That's a particularly nasty noise. How is the best way to solve that? Uh, take, get rid of it and put a light switch in its place. All right. That'll work quicker than that. A choke? Turn it off. Turn it off? <laughs> turn it off. <laughs> yeah. Or turn it wide well, open. Well, unless your wife's in there wanting yeah. to read or something. Turn it wide open will also yeah. do it. You know, one time I built... Um, I think I would get rid of it and put a light switch in, though. Yeah. Probably easiest just to avoid them mm -hmm. if you can. Uh, so that's one type of noise. You've got another one here. This is um, PLCs or power line controllers, sort of a precursor to broadband over power lines. Yeah. They make a pretty nice. I've heard that on HF too. Yeah. Not real strong. I don't know that we have that. Um, implemented around here, but I know a lot of people have, have complained about that type of noise in the past. You know these uh, ionic air cleaners? Oh yeah, little ozone machines. You know, ozone machines. This is the ionic breeze air cleaner. This is what they sound like. What they sound like? See that? Sounds like yeah. Sounds like Morse code. I want to say I've heard this one, too. Sounds like Peter's cat. Boy. That's pretty bad. I might mention where we got these noises from. There's a page on the ARRL.org website where where they've got all of these listed. Yeah, org slash sounds dash of dash RFI. Okay. And it's a, it's a really good collection of them there. So. Yeah. Here's another popular hit coming up right here. This one is a switching power supply. I haven't, I haven't heard that coming from any of my power supplies. I think I've heard that more um, when you unplug the cord out of your guitar and you got your amplifier wide open. Yeah. But now that that's a switching power supply. I haven't heard it out of mine either. Yeah. But, uh, you know, according to the website, that is a switching power supply. Uh, a battery charger, you know, those can make some noise, too. Not all battery chargers, but... Yeah, some of these... Uh, yeah, I've heard it from some old school ones. I've had a... Uh, huh. That one uh, must just be doing pulses every now and then. Must just be maintaining a battery yeah. rather than um, putting a constant charge on it. That's not quite as impressive. Now you had to wait for the good, good part. Either. Wait for it. Wait yeah. for it. <laughs> 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 yeah, that does sound like some other <clears throat> stuff too. Well, computers are also a big source of noise, and this is one in, in particular I have had here, and this has interfered with my handy talkies uh, a number of times. A computer monitor can be quite noisy, RF-wise. 
Yeah, that sounds like a CRT monitor. Could be. Sounds like a ray gun. Yeah, it sounds like one of those old AOC cheap. Must be must be like a 17-inch. Sounded about like 17 yeah. <laughs> inches to me. Uh, Ethernet switch. Here's a five-port Ethernet switch. And I've had, uh, you know, noise from Ethernet cables. Uh, picked them up as well before, too. Incidentally, talking about that monitor back when, uh, before I moved to Missouri that time, and I had my little shop similar to yours, you mm-hmm. know, out in the back. I had a monitor in there, and I had one of them. It was an old one. I didn't use it much, but it would it would just tear my radio gear up. Really? It sounded just like that other one. Okay, here's an Ethernet switch. Well, it's kind of like Twilight Zone, isn't it? Like the ghost in the machine. There are also uh, other type of noises you could run into that are, are transmitters or actually intentional RF emitters. Uh, CODAR is the type of radar. And I want to say I've heard this before on the air. Galaga. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that one. I'm not sure I have. I've heard something like that. Okay, your power line um, is also subject to make quite a lot of racket. Uh, this is probably one of the most common types of noise sources that, that you'll find around your house. Uh, keep talking because I'm not there yet. <laughs> okay. While Tommy searches through the Internet, for the best noise, uh, this is an 80 meter noise right here from N4RZ. That is a particularly nasty interference that I hate to hear. Yeah, I had that one in Missouri. When I when I looked around, I saw sparks coming from the transformer or the insulator up there, right oh. there by the transformer behind my house. Did they come fix it? Yeah. Did it solve the problem? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've got a device for finding that type of noise, I think. It's, I do. Uh, we, we, you've got it in the truck. We didn't bring it in because we didn't Yeah, the big have. big dish. Put yeah. your uh, headphones on, and you can basically aim it. It's got a little hole in it. You can mm-hmm. aim it around and kind of find the source of a lot of these noises. We've so, got MFJ a, dish is yeah. pretty nice. We've got another uh, power <coughs> line noise there. This one came from N9MN. Lake City. It's somewhere below the one you just played. Yeah. That frying sound. Mm-hmm. That's what my entire 80 meter band sounded like when I was in Missouri. Yeah. There's another one. Um, this is broadband over power line. This next one here. And that is a problem in some parts of the country. It's not everywhere. Uh, amateur radio has been fighting to keep broadband over power line out because it can interfere with the HF bands quite a bit. Yeah, 
Yeah, if I had that on a regular basis, I'd be kind of upset. I think I would too. They could just kind of take your HF enjoyment right out. Yep. And we've got a couple more here. Um, electric fence. Did you know an electric fence can oh, yeah. cause interference as well? There's probably not a lot of people with electric fences these days. I've got one. It hasn't been on for about a year, but the dogs don't know that. <laughs> It is. That wasn't real impressive, but still it was irritant. And one, uh, that was an electric fence. <clears throat> yep. yep. The invisible dog fence. And well, you know, if you have an invisible dog, how do you know if it's even in the fence? Say. I could have one and I don't I figured know that's it. where you were about to go with that, so <laughs> that's why I went ahead and jumped on it first. Yeah. Yeah, no invisible dog would go anywhere near that. I don't think so. I've never seen one do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there is some sources of noise and interference that you might have in your amateur radio gear. We've got questions tonight <laughs> on those. <laughs> and uh, as a matter of fact, there were a couple of types of noises that are very, very common that I wanted to show that I just couldn't find on the internet, man. It's not that common then. It's, well, there were a lot of people chatting about it, but I couldn't find any uh, audio files, mm -hmm. so I had to record it myself. And we'll okay. we'll look at those when we get to those particular questions here. Right now, though, um, let's let's just get on into the questions. What could cause your FM signal to interfere with stations on nearby frequencies? A, microphone gain too high, causing over-deviation. B, SWR too high. C, incorrect CTCSS tone. Or D, all of these choices are correct. And this one, I guess I answer this one, and I'm saying it is not all of these choices are correct. No. Because the incorrect CTCSS tone would have nothing to do with interference. And neither would your SWR being too high. As a matter of fact, on mo modern rigs, if your SWR was too high, your power would probably go back yeah. down pretty low power, and you'd be less likely to cause somebody interference. Yeah. So I, so by process of elimination, I'm, plus I already know, I understand what the answer was anyway, but microphone gain too high causing over-deviation is going to be my final answer. A? A. I? Microphone gain too high, causing over-deviation. Well, what's the definition of over-deviation, Mr. Wizard, for those that don't know? Over-modulation. Deviation is uh, modulation on, uh, on FM radios. All we're doing is we're, and we've talked about this before, mm -hmm. you've got your carrier frequency there. When you apply modulation to it, you shift the frequency of it mm -hmm. a little bit, and that's deviating it. And if you're over-deviating it, sounds like too much to me. Yeah. Yep. Okay, next question. What may happen if a transmitter is operated with the microphone gain set too high? Hmm. A, the output power might be too high. B, the output signal might become distorted. Or C, the frequency might vary. Or D, 
the SWR might increase. Well, this isn't fair because I already answered this one for you. Well, you kind of did. Um, based on that and what you said <laughs> a while ago, and uh, I'm going to say the SWR might increase is not right. I don't think it'll affect that. I concur. The frequency might vary. Well, no, it, it wouldn't really. Um, but as we were talking about FM a while ago, the frequency does vary a little bit. But that's, that that's beside it. That, yeah, minute. So we're not, we know that's not going to be the right answer. The output signal may become distorted. That's going to be your answer right there because the output power might be too high. Uh, that's not it. It's B, Tommy. And that, that's what everyone's saying. So uh, he was right. He was, he was right. So yep. I'll take that back. Yep. There you go. Output signal might become distorted. Well, I've got a question for you then. Okay, hit me. What can you do if you're told your FM handheld or mobile transceiver is over-deviating? And I've already given you a couple of hints on this. A, talk louder into the microphone. <laughs> B, let the transceiver cool off. C, change to a higher power level. Or D, talk farther away from the microphone. So talk louder into the microphone. That's, that's not going to be right if you're over-deviating. You're just going to aggravate it and make it worse. Yep. So let the transceiver cool off. I don't really think that would have anything to do with it. No. Well, well, unless it's a bad transceiver, there's something wrong with it. Yeah, there's something faulty in it, possibly. But that's not the right answer. Uh, C change to a higher power level that's not going to be the right answer either but if i if i take the microphone a little bit farther away it's not going to be quite as loud going into the element of the mic and that's probably going to help my problem so you're saying it's i'm d. saying it's d right. and i'm not going to phone a friend or anything so that's good okay going with it everyone else is saying it's d wow. and it is it is d what? Oh, come on, Emil. He said, here comes the buzzer. No, <laughs> not that one. We didn't trip him up on that one. Not that We're working on it, and we've still got a lot of questions to go. It could still happen. It could happen. It's happened before. It has. Not very often. What might be the problem if you receive a report that your audio signal through the repeater is distorted or unintelligible? A, your transmitter may be slightly off frequency. B, your batteries might be running low. C, you could be in a bad location. Or D, all of these choices are correct. What might be the <laughs> Which problem? one was the punchline? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what might be the problem if you receive a report that your audio signal through the repeater is distorted or unintelligible? Well, let's see. Your transmitter might slightly be off frequency. And that is true. You know, on a repeater, it's probably a, mm -hmm. a FM repeater and if you are a little off frequency yeah it'll um, it'll be distorted so uh, yeah I'll, I'll say that one could be it B the battery may be running low on some rigs yeah I think that could be true if your battery was running low it might cause it to distort C you could be in a bad location and we know with um, uh, Two meter signals, well, a lot of other signals too. 
it's sometimes becomes pretty important where you are as to whether or not you're making it into the repeater. Mm -hmm. You know, just moving just a few inches could make all the difference in the world between getting in and not. So I'm going to say, yeah, that could make your signal unintelligible. So D, all of these choices are correct. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's my answer. And Tommy agrees, and so does everyone else in the chat room. So, yep. You know, it's not always the case that all of these choices are correct. It's just every now and then. It seems like most of the time that it's not the all the choices are correct answer. It, that's correct. <laughs> I tell you what, let's, um, let's take a break. Have a message from our sponsor. Give away something. No, not this radio yet, although we'll, we'll talk about that a little later. Then we'll come back and listen to some noise. All right. We, we just got fun? through making some noise. We did. September is National Preparedness Month. Set some time aside and review your emergency communications plan for air, land, or sea. Make sure your ICOM equipment is ready to go for any situation. ID5100A has taken innovation and mobility to the next level. With its touchscreen and internal GPS, this radio is a must-have while assessing a situation. The large 5.5-inch display responds naturally to the touch. DVDV Dual Watch receives both FM-FM and FMDB mode signals simultaneously. Show your position, course, and speed with the integrated GPS receiver. And the optional VS3 Bluetooth headset provides hands-free communication. Connect your Android to ICOM's most popular dual-band transceiver, the ID51A+. Filled with enhanced functions and digital features, you won't want to be without this handheld communication solution. Send and receive text messages and photos. Transfer data 3.5 times faster with DV Fast Data Mode. Communicate with the touch of your fingertips. Perfect for small spaces. The IC7100 is the ideal D-Star option for wherever you may be. Angled control head and touchscreen for quick intuitive operation, large internal speaker for clear digital audio, and it's perfect for multiband and all-mode communications. Get more information on all the great ICOM radios at icomamerica.com amateur. Actually, what we're going to do is we're going to do uh, give away the ICOM hat. And the nice ICOM ham crew t-shirt that you see, just like the one you see right here, not and, this exact one. And you know, I was going to wear mine tonight and I couldn't find it. Maybe yours disappeared just like mine did. I, I need to hit up one. Uncle Ray and get him to send me another one. You know. Maybe I need to win this one. No. No? no you can't win this one. But uh, it's a nice shirt. It's a good, heavy shirt. You'll be uh, one of the best-looking guys at the ham fest with this bad boy on. I think so. Speaking of, uh, well, the ham fest and best-dressed people at the ham fest, I did see a few of these walking around. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't doubt it a bit. Our lucky winner is Joseph Fulmer. Hi, guys. Love the show. You guys do. I'm learning a lot. Please enter me into the drawing. I'd love to win. I'm looking forward to getting my general soon. Have a good one. 
Uh, Joseph. Awesome. Fulmer. Fulmer. Well, congratulations, K Joseph. KF5ADP. Yeah. Oh, he's from down this part of the world. Yeah. Well, congratulations. congratulations. Uh, ICON will be contacting you. Yep. For your size and shipping information. And uh, hopefully we see you at one of the Hamfests wearing it. Hope so. Oh, by the way, we're going to give away the rest of this stuff here, too. Just not right now. But we'll be talking about it a little later. Let you know how you can register to win that. Because, uh, hey, who wouldn't want to? I want to. You want to. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, on this here, well, it's not unfortunate. To enter on this particular contest, I just want to go ahead and tell them so that uh, the people who don't have a license yet Okay. Won't get their hopes up falsely. You do have to be an amateur to win this one here. Yeah. But you can be a technician or a general or extra. Or you can even be a uh, whatever classes they have in, Can in Canada. I don't know if they have the same classes or not up there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the classes are up there. Yeah, maybe that's something we'd... Uh, I know they have a lot of class up there. They do? Yeah. If you'd like to win a T-shirt and a hat next month, well, you can send us an email, hamcollege at amateurlogic.tv. Just uh, tell us your name. Tell us you want to win a hat and a shirt. Could happen. Could happen. Easy enough. Yeah. Cost of entry is right. Yeah, it's pretty much free. Pretty much free. So there you go. Well, Tommy, let's uh, get in with some more questions here and some more sounds as prom or noises. As Free, promised. except for the cost of the email. Yep. The bandwidth. The bandwidth. And the post office hadn't gone up on the cost of them in quite a while. No, thank goodness. Yep. Okay, next question here. And I don't even know who's supposed to read this one. I think I am. Um, what is the source of a high-pitched whine that varies with engine speed and a mobile transceiver's receive audio? A, the ignition system. B, the alternator. C, the electric fuel pump. Or D, the anti-locking brake system controllers. Well, it's just so, it's a good thing this one actually came to me because I have some experience with this. You do. Yeah. I do, too. Do you? Mm-hmm. What a... So did probably, probably look, at all, look at all these flying through there, man. Look, looking at the chat room, it looks like everybody in there has got experience with it. Yep. Okay, so let's go through them. The anti-lock braking system controllers, I have no idea what that sounds like. And it might actually could be a problem, but yeah, I, I haven't know. seen it. Yeah, I don't know what The electric like fuel pump, same way. Now, the, those are... are I've never heard the noise, but I understand that is a problem on some vehicles. I don't know what kind of noise it makes. So yeah, and now the ignition system. I've heard spark plug noise in and mm -hmm. uh, some vehicles before, like the ignition on AM system and noise yeah. would be spark plug. Yeah, noise so that that would be A. But the high pitch whine that is an alternator noise, and it it varies as the speed of your engine increases and mm -hmm. decreases. So I had a problem with that with the truck that I've got right now. Oh, you did? Yeah, don't you remember? You used to tell me. Yeah. I hear a high-pitched whining in that thing when you're talking to me. Yeah, and it's <laughs> not you. Fix it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're right. So I'm going with Bravo with the alternator, and so does like everybody else in the chat room. Yeah, although there was a C in there. 
but we don't know. Electric fuel pump? Yeah, we don't know what that sounds like. Yeah, and, and that, like George said, that is a problem, but I, I don't think it's a wine. I, I, I really don't know, but and I do know the alternator is. You know, I searched the Internet for alternator noise this afternoon, hoping to come up with a yeah. little clip. And I couldn't find one on there anywhere. Fortunately, I had recorded some alternator wine. Um, I don't remember how long ago, but I did. Uh, I did a segment one time on making an alternator filter, and I think uh-huh. you got a clip of that here. Yeah, you know what? And you should be a good citizen and send it into the AWRL so they can put it on that web page. I guess they should. They should have that on there because this is pretty common. Oh yeah, it's very common. You ready? Yep. This kind of reminds you of being at the dentist, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Fran says there's the XYL wine. I, I looked for that, too, and I could not you find, find it. You couldn't find that one no, either? No, I, I, seriously, I did, <laughs> but I couldn't find it. That's funny. So, alternator noise. That's I, what it I sounds do, like. I do not deny nor condone that comment. The XYL one. Oh, Okay. <laughs> You know, we just never hear that sound around here. <laughs> she won't watch, so unless somebody tells her I'm safe. Yeah. Okay, which of the following would reduce ignition interference to a receiver? A, change the frequency slightly. B, decrease the squelch setting. C, turn on the noise blanker. Or D, Use the RIT control. And yeah, I have a little experience with this one, too. Well, I do, too. and uh, So does probably most everybody else in the chat room. Yep. Well, let's, let's go over the, the answers there. D, use the RIT control. And we know RIT stands for Receive Incremental Tuning. That's not any kind of noise filter, really. Um... That, that's not the answer. It's not that. A, change frequency slightly. That's not going to do anything to ignition interference. So we know it's not that. Decrease the squelch setting. That's just going to ensure that you hear it. So no, that's going to hear everything. Yeah, that's not going to help it. So C, turn on the noise blanker. That is the answer. And it's... Uh, on a lot of radios, it's just labeled as NB. NB. It's it's really effective for that. It is. Uh, on most radios. Mm-hmm. Some may be a little better than others, but it'll help take out a, a lot of different mm-hmm. type of impulse noises, which just so happens ignition noise or spark plug noise is, um, you know, impulse. Yeah. And What about the impulse engines? Does it work on those? I don't know about that. I don't have one. I couldn't find that on the internet either. You would think spark plug noise would be yeah, that would really be. Those easy are to like find. the most two most common ones that I first ones that came to my mind yeah. when we started talking about the topic. But apparently they don't know about that on the internet. Fortunately, I took my receiver and stuck it under the hood of my vehicle and recorded some spark plug noise for your listening enjoyment. Shall we hear it? Yeah. First, I'll tell you what though. Let's just. Uh, 
go ahead and say, yeah, turn on the noise blanker. If you don't have it on and you got spark plug noise, though, this is what it's going to sound like. Same like a motorboat. Yep. Yep. How do you get rid of that? Turn on the noise blanker. Yep. What else might help? Uh, possibly some spark plug wires. A resistive spark plug wires, mm -hmm. yeah. A noise suppression spark plug mm -hmm. wires. Maybe grounding your hood, make sure that it's grounded to the vehicle good. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Possibly grounding your doors. I've heard of people grinding their exhaust pipes and stuff. A um, number of different things might work, you know, but the yeah, noise so blanker... So like beads, ferrite beads, is probably not going to be too effective on, on a noise like that. No. That's going to be kind of a broad... Yeah, yeah. What could be happening if another operator reports a variable high-pitched whine on the audio from your mobile transmitter? Like you did to me? Like I did to you. A, your microphone is picking up noise from an open window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't go there. I know what you're going to say. B, <laughs> you have the volume on your receiver set too high. Actually, you can go there if you want. No, I'm going to leave it alone. Yeah. <laughs> okay. C, you need to adjust your squelch control. Or D, noise on the vehicle's electrical system is being transmitted along with your speech audio. So what do you think? Okay, so A, microphone's picking up noise from the open window. That's not going to be a variable high pitch sound. That'll be a distinctive wind sound. They would know that. Yeah. B, uh, B, you have volume on your receiver set too high. That doesn't have anything to do with that either. Yeah. C, you need to adjust your squelch. That doesn't have it. So we're going to go with D, which is it's only really one that makes any sense anyway. Noise on the vehicle's electrical system is being transmitted along with your speech audio. So that alternator noise is getting in. There you go. We're a little late on the fist bump. Yeah, and that's exactly what I had. I didn't hear the. I didn't hear it on my end. You the one. Heard you heard it. And the alternator noise is that way. Sometimes you'll hear it on your receiver. Mm. Other times, other people will hear it, mm -hmm. and you won't have any of it at all. In yeah, your, I, know, I never had a clue it was there. Yeah. But you, but you thankfully let me know. I thankfully let you know multiple times. It, it was pretty irritating. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it was. <laughs> By the way, you need to clean up that um, Cat Five cable you got on your rig. Yeah. yeah. For your microphone, because I heard the noise when we talked uh, last. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. That's that's my microphone extension. Yeah. I use a Cat Five cable for my microphone extender. Yep. It I wouldn't tell that. It works. Yeah. No, mostly. Actually, it, it works it mostly. mostly. Works. Time for intermission. We've got a special feature tonight. Awesome. This was uh, custom edited just for your viewing pleasure by VE3MIC. Oh, this ought to be a treat. Uh, I think it will be. Are you new to the ham world or an existing amateur operator who wants to take your license to the next level? Study for your radio license exam at hamstudy.org. HamStudy.org is a free online learning tool powered by ICOM. It was created by Richard Bateman, KD7BBC, Michael Stuffelbean, KV9G, and Rich Porter, 
KK6GKE, and it uses a modern web design to enhance the experience of studying for your technician, general, and amateur extra exams. Since 2013, hamstudy.org has helped new and existing hams to familiarize themselves with the question pools, use stats-based flashcards to focus on material they need to learn, and take practice exams to gauge progress. Visit hamstudy.org on your desktop computer or mobile device. Register for a free account at hamstudy.org to access personalized study history and other site features. Prepare for an exam in an intuitive and comprehensive manner. Check out hamstudy.org, powered by ICOM, for free learning tools. Good luck on your next exam. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Old Pete Belden, driver of the Jitney from Carsonburg to Copper Springs, has a double load today. Pete's ancient bus is carrying the Flying Bee payroll and a passenger, his niece Betty. Little do Pete and Betty suspect as they chug over the desert wasteland that just around the next curve, shifty Sam Hicks and his henchmen lie in wait. Sheriff Tom, hurry, hurry. Betty... Where's your Uncle Pete? We were held up, Tom. Three men. They took the Flying Bee payroll and headed up toward Pine Gap. And they took Uncle with them. Come on in the house, quick. We'll get the boys together and we'll go in. No, I'll take the jitney into town and get my car. All right, Betty. Hello? Ring up the boys, man. Tell them to meet me at Pine Creek Forks. The Flying B payroll's been robbed. Pete Belden's been kidnapped. Tell the boys to ride. Hey, George, where'd you put that ammunition? It's in your desk. Which drawer? The middle one. I declare, I'll never get these dishes done. Looks like a storm coming up, too. Hello, what is it? It's Fred there, Mrs. Jones. Chef rounded up a posse. I'll call him, May. He's out in the yard. Sending the Pine Creek book. Coming, Sophie. Fred, Sheriff wants you at Pine Creek Forks. They're riding. Oh, all right. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Go, oh, boss. Betty. Hey, Joe. We're saddling. Tom wants a posse. Something stern, I reckon. All right, Fred. Let's stop that windmill. We're going to storm. See you later, Mom. Be careful, Fred. Hello, May. They've gone. Have you got the other boys? Some of them. I'm calling the blacksmith now. Hello? Charlie. Payroll robbers. Meet the sheriff at Pine Creek Court. Pick up Bill and Frank on the way. I'm riding, Harry. Who's set their wagon all the way? Paul, Junior. He's back on the far section with the Reaper. Hey there, Bill. Get down off of it. I can't hear you. Wait a minute. 
Nell, what you say? Somebody held up the jitney. Probably the Hicks gang. Bring your horse. They've headed for Pine Creek. Guess they're going through the gap. Hurry up and I'll meet your Franks. And so, as the storm breaks around them, the sheriff's posse gathers at Pine Creek Forks. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Was, uh, the sound effects and everything. Yeah, that's uh, pretty cool how they, they used to do that. I added a few in there, I'll have to admit. The, no. The Jetsons doorbell was not yeah. in there. And original. the Three Stooges probably wasn't in the original one either, was it? No. Quiet and I'm skulls on broadcasting. Yeah. But the Beverly Hillbillies was. Yeah. No. <laughs> was not. It kind of yeah. makes me think of those old WKRPs, the Les yeah. Nessman, and the, when the yeah. WKRP news chopper were. Yeah. Fl- and uh, AK4YC Charles caught the Wilhelm scream in there. Oh, yeah. 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 Which of the following could you use to cure distorted audio caused by RF current flowing on the shield of a microphone cable? A, bandpass filter. B, a low-pass filter. C, preamplifier. Or D, a ferrite choke. I actually have a little experience with this one as well. You Hmm. probably do too, don't you? Let's see. Which of the following could be used to cure distorted audio caused by RF current flowing on the shield of a microphone cable? Yeah, I think I do have a little experience with this. Yeah. And I know a bandpass filter didn't help it out at all. No, it didn't do anything, did it? A low-pass filter didn't uh, really help it out either. A pre-amplifier would only make it worse. Pretty much narrowed it down. I'm going with D, a ferrite choke. And that's that's actually what worked for me too. Okay. There you go. You nailed it. And I just happened to have some ferrite chokes yeah, is right that a, here. Is that a D ferrite choke? A D? Well, yeah. a D ferrite choke. Looks more like an O. There's a, a clap on ferrite choke right there. Can't really see it that well, but uh, here's one. You put it around the wire, clamp it shut. You can wrap that wire through there as many times as you can get it to fit through that hole. Mm-hmm. That'll help keep noise uh, from running down a cable. Here's, here's another style right here. This one is uh, kind of rectangular, but it's a clamp on as well. Yeah, I bought a bunch of these at uh, Dayton one year. That, About used them up, too. Those came from some ham fest. Mm-hmm. And I've got some of these, too. These are, are commonly called toroids, but they're actually um, same as ferrite chokes. Yeah, you just have to wrap it yourself. Wrap it yourself. Now, you notice that the, one of these is yellow. Uh, one is green, but it's blue on the end there. The colors of these things tell you what uh, mixture they are, which different mixtures work better on different frequencies. And oh, I didn't not, know that. Yeah, it does. And I'm not prepared to tell you which ones to use because uh, I'm not well, prepared to tell you that. <laughs> the chat room will have it momentarily. They probably I guarantee will. guarantee you. Yeah, it depends on what band you're working with, though. Uh, Let's so, see who's going to be first in the chat room. Okay, I've already seen number 47 in there, so... I think that is uh, one popular mix. The next one, where must a filter be installed to reduce harmonic emissions from your station? A, between the transmitter and the antenna. B, between the receiver and the transmitter. C, at the station power supply. Or D, at the microphone. 
Uh, this, this one's going to be a little tough for me, so the, you may get to use the buzzer here. Okay, let me get it so, ready. So let me... <laughs> you got somebody with the like electric thing somewhere when you hit the button. Sound effects guy back there. Yeah. Gonna... Okay. Be between the transmitter and the antenna, where must the filter be installed to reduce a harmonic trans harmonic emission so that's when a harmonic that's like when two frequencies mix together right and yeah that's so. intermodulation a harmonic is like harmony so if you're transmitting on 10 megahertz mm -hmm. you may have a harmonic on 20 another one on 40 or you know just multiples of mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. B between the receiver and the transmitter that's for the receiver. I don't think that's correct. Yeah, I don't know. C very at smart the station to power supply. That doesn't make sense. And at the microphone doesn't make sense. I'm going with A between the transmitter and the antenna. Well, so if you got, I don't understand the print. This this is a little bit beyond me. That's not my specialty area. So you you may be able to elaborate more on it. But that's the one that actually makes sense to me. That might be a logical choice. Okay, well, let's see if you're logical. And you are. Oh, I'm, I'm lucky. Lucky. No. I had actually, the buzzer ready. But actually, the other three didn't really make much sense to me, so that's yeah. the only one that really... But you, you might be able to explain it, why. Yeah, I know. noticed there weren't as many answers to that one in so the chat. Maybe I wasn't here. the only one, then. Maybe not. Uh, yeah, where must a filter be installed to reduce harmonic emissions from your system? All right, emissions... They're talking about stuff that's being transmitted. Mm -hmm. All right. So, base and harmonics, we just told what harmonics are. Um, at the microphone, only if you were singing in three-part harmony would, would some kind of filter work there, I think. No. That, that's, and you're not supposed to sing on amateur radio, so that's not. probably not going to work for you. Yep. Uh C at the station power supply. Now that's that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about harmonics going over your uh, your transmissions. C between the receiver and the transmitter. You don't want to hook anything between the receiver and the transmitter. That would not be very good for the receiver. Um, you would burn it up. Yeah. Uh, receiver and transmitter aren't hooked together. They're purposely made separately. It may be in one box, may have a relay between them. Yeah, but they're two circuits. But they're, yeah, they're two separate things. So it's A, between the transmitter and the antenna, and yeah, that's where you put it. It filters out harmonics to keep them from being transmitted. And I am familiar with this because most, just practically... So would that be a bandpass filter? It would usually be a low-pass filter, a low pass? but a bandpass okay. could work. Okay. Um, most FM broadcast transmitters have a big filter. Some of them are built inside the transmitter. Some of them are hanging on the output of the transmitter and between it and the transmission line, and they're they're big, you know, uh, six or eight feet long sometimes, and you know that big around and. Mm. They're harmonic filters is what they're called, and that's their purpose because in the process of uh, generating 
that high RF energy there, some harmonics are created, and so we have to use a filter to, to filter it out. So hmm, interesting. Yeah, you were right. Cool. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. I tried, guys, but I just couldn't use a buzzer that time. Maybe next time. Not over yet. No, it's not. Okay. What what might be the first step to resolve cable TV interference from your ham radio transmission? A. Add a low-pass filter to the TV antenna input. B. Add a high-pass filter to the TV antenna input. C. Add a preamplifier to the TV antenna input. Or D. Be sure all TV coax connections are installed properly. What might be the first step to resolve cable TV interference? I got a hunch about. I got a hunch about that one. That one seems like I, I'll wait till you okay. go through them. Then. But right. we're, add a low-pass filter to the TV antenna input. Well, no, you're you're adding a filter to the input of the TV. You're not really doing anything for the ham radio. Add a high-pass filter. Nope. Add a preamplifier. You're just going to make any interference worse with that. So D, be sure all TV coaxial connections are installed properly. That's your answer right there. And that makes the most sense because you're, you're talking about a coaxial cable. You know, that's designed to keep the signal inside the cable. If you've got a loose connection on the end of it, some of that signal could leak out. And you're going to pick it up in your ham radio. Anyway, I'm going with D. Yeah. Well, that's the one I would have thought, too. It's just, you know why? Mm. It's like the most... Likely It's one. the simple. I mean, it's the simplest and most common sense thing to check your connectors and things first. To make sure that, yep. you know, your shielding's all intact and all that good stuff. Yep. Okay. So no buzzer that time. Huh. They just call them for the buzzer too, man. Okay. Well, I think maybe we can <clears throat> can get it out and warm up now, because we're going to some electronics questions. Okay. What formula is used to calculate resistance in a circuit? A resistance R equals voltage E multiplied by current I. B resistance R equals voltage E divided by current I. C, resistance R equals voltage E added to current I. Or D, resistance R equals voltage E minus current I. So the answer to this one is going to be... Bravo, resistance R equals voltage E divided by current Okay. R equals E over I. That's what it says, all right. That's right. No buzzer for you, my friend. No buzzer this time. There's still hope, though. We're not. And I can't tell you how to reason those out. You just got to know it. You just got to know I equals E over R, and then draw you one of these, and you're ready to go. But the transparency behind it. Yeah. That's optional. Yeah. Yeah. Semi transparent. Yeah, we've been using this for a while. It's kind of getting worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be glad we're done with it. Yeah. I know you will. Yeah.
We got another one then. Okay. What is... Is it my turn? I guess yeah. it is. What is the current flow in a circuit with an applied voltage of 120 volts and a resistance of 80 ohms? A, 9,600 amperes. B, 200 amperes. C, 0.667 amperes. Or D, 1.5 amperes. And this one's mine to answer. And, um, well, the easiest way... Is, is to think of the formula I equals E over R. And we're trying to solve for current, so that's I. So we take the voltage E, 120, divided by the resistance of 80 ohms. And that's going to give us... Yep. Without even right. doing the math, I'm going to say it's going to be D, 1.5 amps. Yep. That's it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. No buzzer. No buzzer. No. What is the resistance of a circuit in which a current of 3 amps flows through a resistor connected to 90 volts? A, 3 ohms. B, 30 ohms. C, 93 ohms. Or D, 270 ohms. Okay, so volts... Divided by the amps at 90, that's 30 ohms. It's going to be B, 30 ohms. And you, and you calculated, you ciphered that how? I did my gazentas. Gazentas. Did you use this? I used this. You used this in, in here. In here. I did. Yeah. It's right there. It's 30 ohms. See if it's right. It is right. And everybody got that one. Although we did have a delta in there. He didn't say D, though. Maybe he was answering the last question. Maybe. Okay, next one. What is the resistance of a circuit that draws 4 amperes from a 12-volt source? A, 3 ohms. B, 16 ohms. C, 48 ohms. Or D, 8 ohms. What is the resistance of a, of a circuit that draws 4 amps through a 12-volt battery? Or, excuse me, 12-volt source. All right. So we're searching for resistance. I equals E over R. If I bring this out, which... You can have one of these if you draw it on your paper. You can't bring it in there with you. You have to but draw you, it yourself. You have to draw it yourself. <clears throat> so if I take the voltage, which is 12, divided by the current, which is what did I say it was, 4 amps, mm -hmm. then that is 12 divided by 4. Mm-hmm. And that's 3 ohms. Hey. Uh -huh. There we go. Everybody got that one right. All right. Looks like we're all getting an A today. A? A? Yep. I think so. <laughs> and we got one. I think this is probably the last question here, Tommy. And just because it is, I'm going to let you answer this one. You are? Yep. What is the resistance in a circuit for which the applied voltage is 12 volts and the current flow is 1.5 amps? 
A, 18 ohms. B, 0.125 ohms. C, 8 ohms. Or D, 13.5 ohms. And I want y'all to know I saw him look look over at this when he saw that question. Yeah, I did. Well, you can do that. <laughs> if you had written it on a piece of paper. Yeah, so let's see. I'm looking for the ohms, mm-hmm. which is going to be R. So it's going to be same thing we've been doing here. I believe that's going to be C, 8 ohms. So you're saying it's 12 volts divided by 1.5 amps? It's going to be C, 8 ohms. There you go. Gazintas never fail me. (laughs) Today. Today. (laughs) They didn't. They sure didn't. Well, I think that's all the questions that we've got. For this month, I'm gonna huh? throw this dang thing in the garbage can. We may need that again, man. Yeah, that's you right. You just saw how handy it came in right then. Yeah. Why don't we talk about what we're gonna give away? Okay. The main thing, or the thing everybody, well, everybody wants all of this, but the big thing they want is this right here. What is that? That is uh, ICOM IC7300 HF rig. Uh, it's got the touchscreen. Display, color touchscreen display, I might mm-hmm. add. Uh, works like an SDR receiver. You got the waterfall display. You can, it is an SDR <clears> receiver. <throat> yeah, and uh, when you see uh, the QSOs on the screen, you can touch it. It mm-hmm. uh, zooms right in there, uh, mm-hmm. sets the frequency. It's a pretty awesome radio. So it, you can you can look on that and see a lot of different conversations mm-hmm. going on, and you just... You touch, touch the one you want to listen to mm-hmm. or, to, or participate in and it'll take you right there it's really pretty amazing covers all the hf and six meters it's got icom signature dsp noise reduction in it we use these at field day this year and as a matter of fact this is one of the radios that we actually had at field day Mm -hmm. so not only are you getting a a great uh, cutting edge radio here you're getting one that uh you was you operated saw at the Amateur Logic Field Day. Yeah, right out, straight out in the woods. We would sign it, but we don't want to devalue it. So, <laughs> uh, That's true. No, it's it, seriously, it's a great radio. Every, just practically everything I have read that people have posted about these have been very mm-hmm. impressed with them at the price point. Yeah, I know when we were at Dayton, they were just flying off the shelves. I, I can't tell you how many people would see, uh, what'd you get? Oh, I got a 7300, I got a 7300. They sold out of them at the Huntsville Ham Fest. Really? I don't yeah. doubt it. Sold them all. So, uh, yeah, great radio. Someone's really going to. So, we've been holding this, this one back for just for you. Yep, we have. People like that radio. Let's, yeah, let's fantastic, fantastic price. Mm-hmm. To go with that, we've got a, a couple of things you're going to need. We don't have a tuner this year because. This radio already has an auto tuner built in it. Yeah, that and that's a that's a great feature too. I've I've actually got one of these at the house. I've been playing with. So, mm-hmm. so anyway, I love the built-in tuner. We also got a MFJ off-center fed dipole antenna. What bands are this one for? That's a forty meter off-center fed. There, It'll cover forty, twenty, ten. And I'm I believe sure I believe it does, it does six two, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. But I know it does forty, twenty, ten. Yeah, and he's uh, great antenna. This is actually what I'm talking on at home. Yeah, and I wouldn't pick up that power supply if you look at the way I got those wires hooked on the back. It's okay, well, I'll just point to it. 
and kind of get it straightened back out here. Yeah, that is a MFJ 30 amp switching power supply, compact. Yeah, it's so small, it's cool. Mm -hmm. It uh, yeah, it's really nice. Uh, when if something ever happens to the power supply I've got, this is what I'm going back with because it takes up so yeah. little space. I have used uh, one of those at field day the last two or three years, and mm -hmm. it's been a great little supply. Mm -hmm. It's lightweight, doesn't make noise. You know, mm -hmm. we listened to switching power supply noise earlier, but yeah, no 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 noise out of this at all. This one, you're going to need some coax too to hook that antenna to the radio, and we've got. A hundred feet of RG8X here. Uh, oh, nice. Courtesy of MFJ, along with the switching power supply and the, and the antenna. Uh, forty meter antenna there. That that makes almost a complete kit. Almost, and this coax already has connectors, but but we're gonna we're gonna. It's always it. a but. We're gonna up it. So what we're we gonna do, Tony? We're gonna pull go into the stash. The of, private stock. Private stock of Tommy and George's gold, gold, I'll say it again, gold, PL259s. The mother load. The mother load. All right. Not yeah. that you need those. But you know you, want, you know you want them. Mm -hmm. They belong <laughs> right there with your most treasured possessions on the okay. mantle. You may, you may want to put these on a chain, wear it around your neck. You may want to cut those off yeah. and put them on you. <laughs> Or make a nose ring. <laughs> you may want to make a nose ring out of them. I hear that's a pop, a popular use for them as well. When are you going to make that nose ring? I uh, just haven't really got the nerve up to try it on yet. So, yep. Well, there you go. <laughs> a great prize package here, courtesy of ICOM and MFJ. We're going to tell you the rules and uh, how you can enter now and possibly win. Oh, okay. Well, All I'm right. going to put my glasses on now. So, the first qualification, you must be a licensed U.S. or Canadian amateur radio operator with a U.S. or Canadian shipping address. Okay. Rule that number? That does cover because it came up in one of the social media groups. That, yeah. that covers all 50 states. It, it covers Hawaii and Alaska. Yeah, as, as long well as it's U.S. address. Yep. Or, or Canadian. Or Canadian. Mm -hmm. And it uh, wasn't that long ago we couldn't do uh, Canada, so we've uh, actually been able to expand that. Okay, the next rule, only one entry per contestant. Sending more than one entry disqualifies the applicant. So so please don't send multiples in trying to, to you know, to have extra chances because it's not going to work for you. It's going to go the opposite effect. No, when you enter, you'll get a email response back telling you that we received your entry. Yeah. So, so when when you get that, you know yours is uh, basically in the in the yep, pool for you're sure. In the pool. Entering more than once will get you disqualified. Uh, three, the winner is responsible for any taxes incurred, and I don't know if anybody's. Yeah, I don't think anybody's taxes, had a problem with that. But it, you know, if it does, if it does, you're responsible. It's yours. <laughs> okay. Uh, next one. The winner agrees. To the use of his or her call sign and name in promotional and news items related to the contest, and that just means that that we can, you know, we can announce your name on the air and, and the, you know, and the, anything we do that uh, you were the winner of it. Yeah, so. and then on social media, whatever, yeah. we may post the winner's name and call sign. Yeah, and when I when I say on the air, I meant like every all the digital outlets, so not necessarily yeah. on the real air. All right. Contestants must not be an employee or affiliate of Amateur Logic, ICOM, or MFJ Enterprises because we want to make it fair. 
That's right. Except for me. Except, well, no, you're not eligible. Can't do it either. So, how can you enter, Tommy? What about Ham College? He doesn't say anything about that. That's part of amateur logic. Oh, well, I guess in that case, I'll tell him how to enter since I can't. Yep. Send an email to contest2016 at amateurlogic.tv with only your call sign in the subject line. Include your name, call sign, class of license, and address in the email message, please. Be sure to put all those in there. Yep. And only your call sign in the subject line. If you have, uh, please enter me in the contest or something like that in the subject line, that one won't won't be registered because um, you know we're we're searching call signs on these entries to make sure that there's only one entry per contestant so only your call sign in the subject line the rest of that information in the email box yep. the submissions must be made between Thursday August 25th and Thursday October the 11th of 2016 and how we're going to select a winner? Well, it's funny you bring that up because that's the next thing on my paper here. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. So, to select the winner, the contest winner will be selected by a random number from the entries received. The winner will be announced on the October fifteenth episode of AmateurLogic.tv. Okay. October the fifteenth. I'll be here before you know it. Yep. And if it's determined that the winning entry does not meet the qualification requirements, another winner will be chosen by the same method. You can get all the contest rules and information. Uh, it's posted at amateurlogic.tv slash contest. Can I read the last line? Void where prohibited. Yes. That's very important. Yeah, so if, uh, if you're where you are doesn't have contest, then don't enter. Right. I suppose. So. Of course, I don't uh, know. I don't know. It could be some states, maybe, but uh, we don't know of any. Yeah. So, anyway, you're on your own on that one. I have no idea which ones it might be. I doubt there are any, but who knows? Yeah. You probably know. Yeah. Amateurlogic.tv slash contest. Go there. You can get all these rules, regulations, and details on the contest. We want to thank... ICOM America, ICOM Canada, MFJ Enterprises for sponsoring Amateur Logic and sponsoring this great contest. Yeah, they always come through come through big for us every year, don't they? They do, and this is particularly nice. It is. It's very prize nice. This year. Somebody's going to be really proud to get that. Yep, and it's not going to be you, unfortunately. Yeah, maybe I'll take it home and play with it until we have to ship it out. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going. I'm gonna leave it alone. <laughs> You've probably already played with it at field day. Good, good possibility. Yeah. Our friend Greg McCulkin. No. Yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah, the it's same Greg. guy that. Um, yeah, Greg McCulkin in uh, Australia. What? What's VK two EQ? T T EQ. I don't have my glasses on. T. That's right. I'm sorry. I should actually remember that. Yeah. Because he he sent us several packages. Yeah. He's uh yeah he has. Enclosed is the brand new release of Ron Bertrand's VK2 DQ's new book, Radio Theory Handbook. Yeah, it's uh, I found mine when I got home. Uh, I got one too, and it's it's kind of like an ARL handbook. Uh, it's got radio theory. Uh, yeah. 
some well, there's some stuff in here. It's the same, and say, some of it's not. Yeah, I would say it's more basic um, than the ARRL handbook. This one would be perfect for a beginner. It's got a, a lot of good theory. It's it's also transparent. Well, it is, isn't it? Everything is tonight. Seems like. Yeah, it's got sections on amplifiers, MOSFETs, mm -hmm. uh, frequency multiplier, like everything you need to know. Signal tones, mm -hmm. AM transmitters, all kind of radio theory stuff. It's a lot of interesting stuff in here. He says Ron uh, co-authored their foundation manual, and uh, he was the ACMA um same to them as Raleigh Hollingsworth was to the FCC. Okay. The big so, guy. Yeah. Big very um guy that's done a lot for the mm -hmm. hobby awesome. in Australia. Um so great Greg, we appreciate that and uh we'll we'll have to do some study up in there. I'm thinking that electronics in Australia the rules are the same doesn't as they matter. Are here. Doesn't matter if it's upside down. Still right. the same, works still the same. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, it's, it's an interesting book. I just got to glance through mine a little bit this afternoon. Like I said, it was there when I got home mm -hmm. this time. So, anyway, really appreciate you sending that stuff, Greg. Looking forward to looking through it. But, uh, yeah, pretty cool stuff. Yep. Thanks, Greg. You know, you can uh, join the Amateur Logic social networks. We've got a Facebook group that's uh, real active, facebook.com slash group slash amateurlogic.tv. Yeah. And we've got a Google Plus community. We do, and I'm not going to read the URL. So yeah. go to Amateur Logic or go to Google Plus and search for Amateur Logic. Yep. Both of these groups are different. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, they're very different, but they're both good. Mm -hmm. They both are. Uh, also, you can follow us on Twitter. Yep. At Amateur Logic. We're also. At Ham College. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ham College, when uh, we mostly only post, actually, we really only post both of them, mostly when we're going to have a shoot or something, yeah. uh, unless something special has been going on. You can also get the show notes for uh, Ham College at amateurlogic.tv slash wiki. Yeah, thanks to our buddy Dan. In 9LVS. In 9LVS for maintaining that for us. He does a great job, and uh, it's, uh, I guess, maybe sometimes a thankless job, although we all we usually try to mention him, but really appreciate you doing that, Dan. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Okay, thanks for being here. We've had a uh, a fun time tonight. It's been real noisy. <laughs> yes, it, it has. Yeah. It really has. Seven three. Thanks for being with us tonight, and we'll see you oh, around fifteenth of next month. Yeah, don't forget to put your entry in. If you're licensed, go ahead and put your entry in for the for the prize. Yep. Amateurlogic.tv slash contest for all the details. Yep. 73. See you next time. Need to go to Cat Seven. All right. And wow, that's our disappearing act. How did we even do that?
Alright, so you're going to have some Ohm's Law on your test. Just you definitely be ready will. For that. It's not that difficult. <laughs> and, if it's, and if it's like this show, you may have it on there twice. <laughs> I'm telling you, these are not the exact same questions okay. we had. They're, last they're time. pretty close. They're pretty close. I shouldn't tell this, but we don't really have a buzzer out here. There's a guy tell. standing over there that makes that sound. Yep. If you squeeze them just right. <laughs> <laughs> no.